Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Seek and Destroy. Mm. Um, but before we do, uh, we got some feedback. From last, last. All right. This is actually a couple weeks old. It's from episode 100. We got a lot of warm wishes from uh, from people. Okay. Uh, so uh, Duncan Styles, who's uh, joining us in the chat right now, um, he said thoroughly enjoyed the hundredth live show. <laughs> uh, I was away on a week's holiday down in Cornwall. Wouldn't it be great to go on a week's holiday in Cornwall. Yeah, Cornwall. It, it sounds exotic. Yeah. Uh, and watched it there. It was good fun. Hope you do more UK time friendly live shows in the future. Well. We're doing one now. Yeah, barely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dreamcatcher wrote in, and he said, The only thing that could have improved the 100th show is if you faded out with a chorus of my fave Shania Twain number. Waving flaming lighters, and I'll sing you this song. What? Ain't nothing better. We beat the odds together. I'm glad we didn't listen. Look at what we'd be missing. They said, I bet they'll never make it, but just look at us holding on. We're still getting together, still going strong. Shania needs to get lay off the the smoking or something. (laughs) You know, the thing about Shania Twain, I'm not a big fan. She was hot, okay, but she couldn't sing. You can't sing and are not hot. I got none of their treats. You've got nothing. And what that song has to do with anything, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's we should have been waving flaming lighters. And well, it. I'm too easy. Carry on. Mark Goodline wrote in or Goodline, and he said, "I was fortunate to be able to log in for the live stream of the hundredth episode and was very enjoyable. This is the first time I have attended the live stream, and I think it's so cool that you guys even do this. Where I live in the Rochester, New York area, we seem to have a shortage of Amiga enthusiasts." So it is great to be able to hang out virtually with other Amiga enthusiasts via your podcast stream and chat room. So now, aren't the Guru Meditation guys from up that way? Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. In fact, Mark is Anthony, and who's the other Guru Medit? I think this guy maybe he was was he maybe he was at that. I just uh, well, here's together. what I, I just saw a party they threw with eight million Amiga right. people at it. So it's hard to believe that these people all came from. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever they are, I think they are. Aren't and they you in, saw that you saw that feed too. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was in there watching live. It was great. It was. I was so like, Mark, I'm so if, if you don't know about the Guru Meditation Amiga get together, then uh, then get on that because uh, there's a bunch of people up there in, in in the. Of course, Rochester, New York. New York's such a big state. Sometimes we forget about that, and sometimes it can be hours. And I don't know where Rochester is. Do you in, remember who said, "Oh, Rochester"? No. No? Famous line? No. Okay, carry on. What is that from? Look it up. Okay. I will never look it up. Um, so anyway, thanks for writing in, Mark. We appreciate it. Yes, and so feel free to come visit us. New York's only about, what, 
a thousand. I don't Rochester. Where is that? Yeah, you were going we literally into just. I know, but I wasn't paying attention. Okay. I was thinking about my line. Where, where is it? Northern New York, or I have no idea where it is. Oh, and so, why are you chastising me? Because I literally just said I don't know where Rochester is. Sometimes things in New York are. It's a big state. It is a big state. You're and literally diverse. quoting me. Verbatim. It's a diverse state. Um, so why don't we just zoom right in with the news this week, Aaron? Well, this is a quick zoom because there hasn't been much going on uh, that I've seen anyway. Um, basically, well, there's two things. I want, I want to talk about one of these, actually, because one of our uh, wonderful buddies, Laurent Giroux. And Laurent Giroux. Laurent Giroux and I were talking. Um, the... Uh, one of the things I saw is that Dungeon Master had been released as a PC executable. I don't think the company did this one. I, I think it was somebody else. And uh, uh, Laron mentioned that he was disappointed that this had been released. And uh, the reason he was disappointed, I guess, was because that he thought it was sort of like, you know, ripping off the author. So mm-hmm. I don't know if the author... Uh, uh, well, has it been released for um, money? I mean, is it for sale? No, it's for free. Okay. It's for free. Uh, and so, this brings up an interesting question, which we've sort of touched on over the years. We haven't talked about it for a while. Um, how guilty or wrong should you feel about pulling this stuff down? Because the, the company just released another uh, program as well this week, uh, which I'll go ahead and mention it now since we're on the subject. But, uh, and Laurent, he brought up a point here, that, that this is something that... Uh, uh, that you know, it, you could. I feel weird about it because I used an old pirate guy from way back, and of course, also we're in the states. The other game they released was a game called uh, Deuteros. All right, Deuteros. I've never heard of it, but uh, what do you think about that? Now, uh, I can't imagine that this guy is still profiting from Dungeon Master. Dungeon Master's been out for a long time, uh, but still. It is technically Okay, wrong. here's the way that I look at this. All right. Can I go to the store and buy a copy, or can I go online and buy a copy of this game that uh, financially benefits the author? For example, is there an iOS port of this game, or is there a Steam version of this game? Mm. If the answer to that question is no, buying a physical copy of this game does not benefit the author. It only benefits the schmuck who's selling it, who's reselling it. Um, that's sort of my litmus test. Mm-hmm. Um, the flip side of that is really we can't buy hardly anything over here. Unless it's iOS or, yeah, I mean, the online stuff. Well, you know, most of the people that are still trying to make a buck off their old, you know, properties are making digital versions. I wonder how well... Um, Stuff like that sells on an iOS. I, mean, I, I wonder, or on a Steam store, I wonder what kind of action it gets. Like a game like Dungeon Master, which, hey, it's a good game. Mm-hmm. One we should have a look at at some point. But, uh, uh, or Deuteros, or, or uh, any of the number of the stuff that, say, the company's released, or, uh, you know, if other organizations have released it. Um, we, play, we play a ton of games, obviously. And we, but we have very few, frankly. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. I've got some. I've got a collection, but it's not like this one. So you can destroy. I don't know where you could possibly get it. Mm-hmm. So where do you draw the line? You know. So I know where you draw the line. But if we covered Dungeon Mash on this show, you'd you'd play it, right? Yeah. And I mean, the way that I see uh, emulation is that you know it lets you discover titles that you might not know about, 
And if I really like, for example, you know, I own the Cinemaware collection on Steam. Me too. Have I ever <laughs> once opened it up or played with it? No, because if I want to play those games, I'm going to play them on WinUAE. Well, yeah. yeah. I have. I have um, opened it up. But I feel good that I've, you know, I've supported the people that, that made these games, and hopefully some of that money goes into the, the programmer's pockets. I think things like the... Uh Cinemaware Classics wings and your and your uh, Rocket Ranger and your uh, uh, Defender of the Crown. You know, I'm always down. Uh, and I'll tell you something. I would if I could walk up the store and buy any of these games now. I'd buy the hell out of them. I wish if I'd ever seen any of them in the store, I bought them. Uh, it's to me. I've always looked at it like these games are you know a thousand years old. I mean, there's got to be a limit sometime where you just say, "Listen, the game came out in '83 or something." You know, it's, well, there is a limit, and it's you know, it's it's like seventy-five to a hundred years based on public domain law. So, I mean, the limit that you're making in your head, eighty. The limit of my in yeah. my head is, is it eighty-three? Huh? Is it eighty-three? No, no. What, what's the limit for you? Oh no, I have no limit. I'll be honest with you. I uh, uh, I buy I buy more than I've ever bought. Mm-hmm. I buy things off Steam, uh, but I've got a huge wad. So do you of, of WHD files on the on a hard drive? I've got probably everything the company ever released uh, sitting on a hard drive, and generally I don't feel bad about playing them. But uh, I read Laurent's uh, comment about it, and I actually felt sort of bad at that point. That's why I bring it up now. Uh, and so it's it's. I it, think it's that weird. there's. I think that you know there should be a sliding scale in terms of pricing. For example. <laughs> You know, if you look at something like the Virtual Console on the Wii, you know, Nintendo 64 games cost more than NES games. And it makes sense because those are newer games. You know, you pay $60 for a brand new game. I think that if, for example, there was some magical online Amiga store like Steam, and you could buy every single Steam game for $0.99 a piece, much like the App Store on the phone, you know, if I played a game that we played on the show and I actually wanted to go back and play it again, I'd pay 99 cents to do it, to legally own it, and to put a little money in the pocket of the person that made it. If it went to him, I would probably do the same. I will say that. If I knew the money was going to the author, uh, even then, though, I'm not going to lie about it. It's hard to go out and pay money for something when I've got a big stack. I've got... I got that go ticket at the house with fifty million. But see, I've I've never looked floppies on it. I've you know? never looked at it that way. You know, you can buy, you can you can download everything. You I know whatever I, you want. You I can just have. knocked off like probably eighty Saturn games. Yeah, bam. Like your thing, you love to hoard data. Well, and you I, love I to liked, hoard games. I you like the, having complete collections or well, rounds. I don't have any collect, but I like to be able to go through them. Yeah, and, and try stuff. And for me, like. I mean, like, I think it's okay, but there are so few games that I truly enjoy playing. Well, that's, I mean, you're right. That's the truth. That's the funny thing about being a, like, I remember, uh, Rob O'Hare has mentioned this, I've read, you know, Commodore, if you read that. It's, he never played his ridiculous collection of C64 games, Harley. He just amassed the collection. Mm-hmm. And you, some people get into that certain, he still was an archivist. He archives stuff all the time. Now, I wouldn't say I do that. But, uh, you know, I, uh, when I found a way to get around the disc, the swap trick angle on the uh, Saturn, I loaded up. Mm-hmm. I, I grabbed a bunch of stuff. I wanted to see what it looked like. I never played any Saturn stuff, and I yeah, and I tried and it again, out. You know, I don't have any problem with that. If I had a Saturn, I'd do the same thing. But if there was some magical Saturn store where for you could have a game for a buck, 
you know, about a, a piece, the games that I enjoyed playing on the Saturn, yeah, I, I put money towards that, you know, because that's supporting the creation of new stuff. Because say you really like Panzer Dragoon, and, you know, publishers notice, hey, a billion people bought the Saturn version of Panzer Dragoon. Let's see if we can get that creator to make a new one, you know, and that's what spurs development in new titles that you're hopefully be interested in. So. It's funny, when I read our, uh, that you're mentioning, I'm thinking about the opening credits in... Uh, in Lionheart, another game you're not going to be with, but it basically says, like, please buy this, because if you pirate it, we're screwed. Mm-hmm. And they were uh, screwed. And I pirated the hell out of it, <laughs> by the way. But, of course, and then also, there's, you know, in the Amiga question, we couldn't buy this yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a different thing. But, too. you know, it is, it's it, it, it leaves me in a lurch, in a certain, I mean, I've always had little consideration for it, if truth be told, but as I get older, I like the idea that some of these guys, especially these single authors, mm-hmm. You know, they probably should, you know, if you could throw them a b- couple bucks for all the stuff they've done and all the stuff you've worked. Right. Yeah, that's the now, let me idea. ask you a question about, you know, since you've got a son, how do you approach having that conversation with him? I've never even came close to having it. It's funny because Luke, Luke will play whatever I stick in front of him, you know, but generally he likes playing Pokemon, which is, you know, a free game, and he likes playing Pokemon on the phone. The stuff he likes to do, he does. He's not a huge crazy man for. I mean, he'll play whatever I got in there. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't go nuts. Uh, he'll have fun in the arcade and stuff. But you know, I haven't really. To be honest with you, I never really. So he doesn't have like a DS that's got a flash card in it. That's got a billion games. Well, the funny it. thing is, he does have a DS with a flash card, but um, he never uses it because mm-hmm. the games that we bought, we bought Pokemon Sun and Moon and. Um, Mario Kart, those are the ones he plays. Mm-hmm. He never ever touches that card. So I bought the card uh, on a steal. I thought this would be great, and he, he never uses it. Now, that mean he won't, you know, but, uh, you know, it is. I, in fact, I bought two of them. I've got one that I don't know what I would do with. I don't have one DS. I don't know why I got a good deal on it, but, you know, it's just like the uh, PSP, you know, you know, or the GP2X. I got a crap load of ROMs. I got a crap load of ROMs, y'all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. It's a it's a moral gray area as we've mentioned in the past, but Laurent, thanks for jarring my my precious uh, uh, right and wrong feelings there. But the, hey, it brings up a good question, yeah, so I'll yeah. give I'll give the guy credit. Um, in terms of other news, that's pretty much it. I guess I'll mention that we're in the process. So I've been like I said, I had two court appearances last week, and then was out of town. So I have had precious little time at home to uh, mess around with uh, Cloanto's Amiga Forever. That said, I did play this game on it this week, and uh, uh, generally, so far, I've had pretty good success. It, uh, um, I'll be willing to lo- to throw down a proper look at it, probably, I'd say, either next week or the week after, depending on how, much, how full the show is next week. But I would say upcoming, we'll, we'll probably sit down and finally go over that with a fine-tooth comb as best we can. Cool. Uh, we got a couple site updates. I haven't even seen that. We just had up there. Yeah, this week I'm trying to pull everything up so I can quickly switch between in the uh, the professional way that our podcast operates. Um, so the first thing is a Dreamcatcher article called No Future in the Past. And it's all about Renegade. And Renegade, I think it's the, the whole Renegade series, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, were you a fan of the Renegade series? No. <laughs> well, I bet you. I went played the first one in the arcade. Um, it always it always struck me as sort of a cheap imitation of Double Dragon. Well, yeah, kind of. It just, I just, it, it's not a game I like to be honest with you. Uh, those those beat 'em ups were 
were they were pumping them out like crazy in those days. Really, I wasn't a big Double Dragon fan. You know, sorry, Sweeney. Uh, but uh, I, I I was never a big huge fan of Double Dragon. It's okay, I mm-hmm. played it, but it wasn't like I was like like as far as I'm trying to beat them up. Like I used to own one called Crime Fighters, and it's sort of like it was like a more kicked up Renegade sorta. Of, but I didn't like it either. You know, I think I still own it actually. But uh, uh, the P the PCB. But uh, really, I thought that when it comes to beat em ups, um, I thought Final Fight was probably one of the better ones in the arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, then, they, of course, they got a lot better after that, but I'm talking the early ones. When I first saw Final Fight, I'm like, wow, this is pretty good. You know, this is not bad at all. Graphics were there and stuff. Also, uh, Renegade, to me, and also Crime Fighters were just too hard. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a quarter sucker. Yeah. You know, what about you? And I, I, he had different versions on the space. Yeah, I, I, played those, I only honestly. played, I think it was Target Renegade on the NES. And at the time, I, I think I even I saw it before I even saw Double Dragon, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, this is really cool. Um, you know, it's like being able to roam around in a pseudo three D environment and punch the heck out of guys. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, once I played some of the Double Dragons, I, I, I tended to like those better. There were, it seemed like there was a wider variety of moves and more destructible environments and things like that. Yeah. So. Uh, the funny thing about those games, though, and I will say this. Uh, they're a good diversion for a few minutes. And if they allow multiplayer, the more the better. Yeah. Uh, that always makes it a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if you played, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series, uh, that was a fun series. Or the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they cranked out a all big those, yeah, yeah, all those multiplayer beat-em-ups are great. The, the Avengers. Simpsons. The Simpsons, weird one. That's a real weird they're game. They're all cut from the same cloth. Yeah, though. they are. I think those are all Konami. A lot of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, So that's the first update, and then the second update is we have a new quiz, a new Amigos quiz. I took this quiz just last night. So check this out. This is Name the Amiga Sports Game. And so Chris Folds has put this up, and this has been a very popular article. Um, you've got a bunch of screenshots, and then you get uh, immediate response. I love it, or um, hate it, depending. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, if we say that this is Advanced Ski Simulator, boom, correct. So... Uh, this actually gave me a lot of ideas for future titles because we haven't done a sports game in a while. And uh, it might be kind of fun to do a tennis game or something like that. Sure. And I had a tennis game. It was a favorite of mine, but I can't remember the name of it. So I'll have to look it back up. But it was uh, it was a good game. And I, actually, it's funny. I did an Amigos play on a tennis game that I never posted because it was just so bloody boring and I was so bad at the game. I thought, man, who would want to watch this? Yeah. I try to at least be fairly competent when I do the Amigos plays. But this one's really bad. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I did. What have you taken the quiz yet? I took. I took the quiz. I think I got six out of ten. I got seven out of ten. Yeah. So there were a couple that I was totally lost. Well, when you a got lot into of the racing like, titles. I well, was, also when you got into like the uh, uh, sports that aren't prominent in America, right? The cricket games and things like that. And those soccer games. I mean, good grief! They, you know, you could be any of them. Some of those. That's like, true. And that one was particularly tricky. That uh, I think it was like Italy ninety losers. Italy ninety. I was just like. <laughs> I thought to myself, would you put losers in the name of your game? Or winners? Maybe it was winners. Right. Probably not losers. <laughs> hey, are we going to mention our site of the week? Yeah. We talked about? Let's do that. Okay, well, our site... So this why don't is, you explain this Okay, so Aaron actually came up with this idea. So why don't you talk about it? Okay, well, with it. see, this this plays into my guilt. <laughs> Laurent Giroux kind of guilted <laughs> me. Instilled in you. I've been guilted all day today. Mm-hmm. But I, I was telling Bode, I was like, you know, we, uh, we have had... A very supportive community. We've got the Brain Trust, our our people that really help us out, and then we 
all the listeners, we, you know, not to get savvy, we appreciate y'all because we need as much help as we can get. But one thing we've leaned on heavily over the years is just a lot of different websites that, I mean, especially when you're coming from a, uh, uh, angle like we are, uh, it's not like we can talk to, I can't call up Bob and be like, hey, Bob, what was the name of that game that came out in 87 with the, with the puppet? Well, they, who knows? But there is no Bob, right? So we have to lean on a lot of different websites for information and for, uh, uh, and sometimes we lean on uh, various sources for screenshots or video. And I told Boat, I said, you know, it seems only fair that we give a little something back, you know, because people have been very generous to us. And, and so what we're going to start doing, and it'll probably be about once a month, I'd say, mm-hmm. but we're going to pick like a, a site of the month and make a donation from the Amigos uh, just to sort of say thanks for uh, helping us look less sucky among other things or just to helping us with research or helping us with video or or any of that sort of things and so i think we both agreed on the one we're going to do this month but when you want to reveal this month yeah winner, so this week's this is side of the one. month is lemon amiga yes so lemon is the first the first place that i always looked look for when i'm looking for amiga the very first place i go yes every day um it's great because it combines, um, you know, reviews with information about the game. So, say if we if we type in this week's game, Seek and Destroy, uh, you can look. They have you know both versions. It's what I really like about it is that it has fully indexed uh, genres. So, say if you're looking to compare Seek and Destroy with other shoot 'em ups that are multi-scrolling, mm-hmm. just click on that and you have a whole bunch of you know a whole bunch of other options. So that helps me kind of look at some of the comparable games. Uh, all of the magazine reviews are laid out here. They've got a lot of the documents scanned. Um, they have forums here that I posted on for different things. Uh, one thing I like to read too, just to see if I'm totally off whenever I play these games, is I look at the reviews and uh, see what other people think about yeah. you know the, the game, just to make sure that I'm not way off. Base. Plus, they've got the magazine reviews a lot of mm-hmm. times. They've got a cool store, mm-hmm. and we're not even touching on the C64 element of Lemon. Right. So there's Lemon 64, which uh, the the founder of the site, Kim Lemon, his last name is actually Lemon. Uh, <laughs> he he started both of these sites up. And uh, they've been going on for a while. I've got an issue of Retro Gamer, I think, from 2004 or 2005, and he's profiled in it. So. Yeah, Lemon, Lemon Amiga and Lemon CC4 are both the, amongst the top leaders in terms of the research that we use. I mean, like I said, I, that's the first place I go. And we talked about doing this. That was We mutually agreed right out of the gate. This mm. is the first one we need to donate to and bring out. Yeah. I, I doubt anyone listening to the show hasn't been to Lemon Amiga. I doubt anyone. But if you haven't... Uh, Go on over and have a look at it. it now, it's, it's great. I looked to see if they had any kind of donation button, uh, but they don't. So what I did instead was I bought a shirt from the Lemon Store, and they've got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Which one did you pick? I have the. I bought the shell shirt. Uh-huh. Very good. Very and good. So um, Boat knows a little bit about shirts. I do know a little bit about shirts. <laughs> He's been laboring away mm-hmm. in our t-shirt store. And so uh, you know, if you if you like lemon and and you you know. Check out their site if, if you haven't been there for some reason. Um, and if you want to support them, then uh, buy a shirt. Yeah. And like I said, we'll, we'll probably do this every month or so mm-hmm. until we either run out of sites, which that would be hard to do. We'll never run out of sites. Yeah. <laughs> we'll run out of podcasts before we run out of sites. So anyway, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Aaron. It's time to jump right in to Seek and Destroy. Okay. And before we do... So it's not time to jump It's not time. Uh, I also in, uh, want to give a hat tip to the Hall of Light 
the Hall of Lights, another site that we'll focus in more on in depth, probably in one of these future of the month things. Yeah. But uh, all of the um, all of the screenshot or all of the box art and the disc of the or the scan of the disc that all came from Hall of Light. Okay, yes. and also the video from uh, a link that was from Zeus. Zeus so yeah. I'm sure these are. You can see obviously the future is well written for mm -hmm. us. Okay, so seek and destroy. Right out of the gate, before I even go into this thing, uh, I'd never heard of this. Had you ever heard of this before we got Never. And this was a never. tip, and I wanted to mention who, do you remember who? So yeah, was? Paul Harrington. We want to thank Paul Harrington for tipping us on this game. Um, thank you. Yes. So, Seek and Destroy. It was released in 93, so a later-ish later, later -ish release. It's funny, I've changed my definition of what a late release is, because I've got all these magazines that uh, Robbie sent, and also... Uh, our, uh, we've got Graham, Graham sent mm -hmm. some, but we get some more. But anyway, we've got uh, now that I've got some magazines to look through in America, like in say '95. Forget the Amiga it. was dead; it was over. Like we had some Amiga magazines, but man, by '90, I'd say any time in the nine past '92, you were screwed. So I'm not seeing these magazines. So I've been looking through them, and you get a you get a different perspective of what it was like there at the end. And let me tell you something. I hate reading the later ones because they're so depressing. <laughs> you know, it's un and like a lot of times there's, there's no games, there's just nothing. They're like we're screwed. Oh God, we don't know what's going on. Like I don't know how they kept it going. Mm -hmm. So I don't consider '93 a very late release anymore. But anyway, this came out in '93 on four discs or a CD. This had a 30, CD32 release and a, an Amiga 1200 release. I played the Amiga version, 1200 version. The, uh, from I what the I Amiga version. <laughs> Good work. On Thank that. you, man. Damn. <laughs> From what I can tell, the uh, this is yet another example of the CD32 port being in a, identical to the 1200 AGA version. <laughs> so, um, this has uh, uh, this was developed by an outfit called Vision. Now, I looked into Vision because I was like, Vision, what do we know about these guys? Now, it's funny. I did some research, and it was my usual dumb guy research, and I almost uh, made an ass of myself and by saying, hey, this is a company bought by EA that was uh, a big in Africa. No. And apparently that's a mistake that's been made quite a bit. Mm. There's another Vision software that EA bought, and it was a, some kind of rights distribution type of a gimmick. Uh, these guys went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, was that it was it was a uh, the first they started off in a, as an outfit called Art Software. They were founded by Paul Andrews, Rodney Smith. I thought you were going to say Paul Anka. No, no, Paul Anka. He might have been in there. <laughs> Mark Sibley and Cameron. McKechnie, mm. okay, in 89. And so they uh, uh, they put out some games that, and it's funny, all the games they put out, they weren't, didn't have a whole lot of huge successes. Uh, but they, they did have they did have a few games that, and, and I looked, and they were the company that developed the Dragon's Lair games uh, on the Amiga, which, you know, ReadySoft, I guess, published them. I didn't realize, it's funny, I never paid attention or whatever, I didn't realize those were, de I let ReadySoft developed them. Right. You know, but I guess not. Uh, uh, so they uh, they this is your classic company. They they had deals with Mindscape to distribute their software, uh, and they tried their best, but they they just didn't they just didn't get any hits that that you know made them enough money to stay to stay active, and so they were gone. Uh, but uh, they had some stuff you may have heard about uh, cybernetics. Uh, they did Roadkill. That's another one I should mention that that has that is of some, of some notoriety. Um, the coder did he did he coded Roadkill. I'm trying to look through here and see if there's anything anybody would have heard of. Uh, the, the graphics guy Rodney Smith did Super Skid Marks, which we've talked about. Uh, and the musician was a guy named or a girl named Blair Zapikachich. 
And I've never heard anything she did, but I like her name, or he. I guess Blair could be the one. I've never heard of a girl being named Blair. What do you mean? You ever watch Facts of Life? No. Oh, well, there you go. What about uh, what about the Blair Witch? <laughs> that's a, oh, that's, great that's true. Well, yeah, I her, her first name, her, her, it was probably a Mario You've never heard the Blair term, Blair. you never heard the name Blair as a woman? No, never. Okay, I'm going to sit here and think of somebody besides from Blair from Facts of Life. Okay, but to be honest with you, I've never really heard of a lot of guys being named Blair either. So, well, fair enough. I can't, I can't I doubt you on that. Um, something else I found interesting about this, and I think I, uh, this was a Hall of Light, uh, a fully de- uh, fully playable 3D le- three level demo was the cover disc of the one in '93. Now, a three level demo, not bad. Mm-hmm. You know. Although the levels are pretty small, the early ones. It depends on which three they put but in. But that would have been a perfect one for us because we can't beat the third level. If I were them, <laughs> if I was going to pick three levels, I would pick the first three. The first two where you think you've got a fighting chance, and then the last one where you're boned. <laughs> boned. Um, so do you want to kind of briefly go over what the, how this game works and what the yeah. gimmick is? So when you first look at this game, you're immediately reminded of the Strike series, especially Desert, Desert Strike. Yes. Um, but it's a different sort of game because the perspective is different. Um, Desert Strike has that weird isometric three-quarter perspective, and this is totally a top-down uh, experience. Now, it's top-down and 360-degree scrolling, which means that your helicopter is always going to be in the middle of the screen. Um, that allows you to kind of exploit the scrolling to do the old sneak-up, fire, and run-away strategy because you wait until the enemies you know, just barely appear on the screen, fire, and then, and then run away again. Um, you're outfitted with a bunch of different weapons uh, that you access by using the function keys on the Amiga. Uh, you've got guns. You've got stronger guns. Uh, you've got air-to-ground and air-to-air missiles. Uh, and, that, and that's not kind of the stuff you buy. Yeah, there's napalm. Um, Which we never, I never got to do anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> or see any of the other cool levels. I had to watch videos of them. There's, uh, you can call in an airstrike. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can do. The problem is, is that uh, to switch between these things, uh, you have to take your hands off the controller and press on the keyboard. And a lot of times you're really in the thick of the action. And so you kind of have to move away from the action a little bit because the enemies don't really follow you, at least in the levels that we played. Of course, I guess the helicopters, you've got no hope there because you're in the thick of it from get-go. Well, you know, this is one game that got a release on the CD. You're talking about it, it's just another game shoveled a CD32. If any game needs a CD32's pad, it's this one, with all those extra buttons. Mm-hmm. Because this game screams, and of course, uh, I used the Amiga 1200 and didn't plug in the pad. I just used a regular joystick. And, unlike Boat said, it's tough It's tough to, to, to control the stick and the weapons. Now, when me and Boat played it together... We were doing okay when Boat was doing all the keyboard stuff, and I was just steering and shooting. It was actually pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Although it was fun for me. I don't know how much fun you were having. I was having a good time. Uh, but uh, uh, the neat thing about this game, and, and sort of what separates it uh, from Desert, the Desert Strike and all those other ones, is that you there's a store. You can go in there, and you can buy uh, different upgrades for your weapons. And you can, I think there are three upgrade levels. And you can buy ammo. You can buy... Uh, uh, Whatever much ammo you want to buy, you know, and you, I guess you get like, and again, it's funny because I, we, I only got to the third level of this, and I had to watch the video to see any of the extra levels and stuff. Did you pick up, I guess it looked like, like gold medals or gold, or gold like, uh, ba- like badges or something yeah, like that for money. 
it's something like that. Yeah, and 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 then you, but you take these in the store and you and you and you can upgrade your uh, upgrade your uh, um, thing, and, and you definitely need to upgrade it mm-hmm. because it gets the the action goes from very timid or tepid to brutal by the time you hit the third level. Uh, the, there are missions set in the desert, which is where you start out. Uh, there's also missions in the jungle, uh, over the ocean, and in snow. So pretty good terrain selection there. They co- they got covered all their bases. The missions that I saw, well, the, or the ones that I actually prefer, performed on, were pretty basic. Uh, it's just like I said, the amount of the amount of stuff going on in the third level, and really even the first, the second level. Like Boat said, this this game reminds me of if like uh, Desert Strike and like I don't know Time Pile or something I had a kid. Whereas in Desert Strike, you can your chopper will move across the screen to a point, and then there's a multiple scroll. And mm-hmm. this, your chopper stays in the middle, and this and the whole screen moves all the time. It's, it makes it more time piloting. Mm-hmm. The thing that this doesn't do that Time Pilot did uh, more successfully. Is the targets are moving around too quick for me now? I'm old, and I'm sure people are good at this. And I will say, admittedly, uh, and I'll full disclosure, I didn't get to play this as much as I normally would given my schedule this week. But I did, I did give it a good run. But uh, I, I had a heck of a time. I could, I could clear the first levels easily, and the third level I could get some headway, but I just got mashed, overwhelmed. Your, uh, your helicopter can take some shots early, but not a ton. You know, and so I, I just got I just got hammered, mm. and I know you've had similar. Uh, yeah, situations. I had a hard time. You know, we're, I'm watching this guy on the playthrough bobbing and weaving. He, I guess, the strategy with the helicopters is you evade until they pass by you, and then you chase them down. Um, but I, I did not have that level of facility with the joystick. Uh, I found the game to be, you know, the, the difficulty ramped up way too quickly for me to be able to keep up. And I tried several times to beat that third level, and um, I just couldn't do it. Uh, you're given three lives, I think, at the beginning of the game. And uh, when you lose a life, you still pick up from where you left off um, in terms of the things that you've already destroyed. Um, but even still, with the three lives, after that, it's game over. You're back at the beginning. Uh, this thing featured uh, Hot Seat 2-player, you know, so... Which I didn't try, but we, we were content just playing, you know, two people in the same game. Mm-hmm. It's funny, some games do that. The, they I remember playing Silent Service a lot like that, having one person steer and the other person <coughs> pushing buttons. We played this game on the Atari. God, I wish I could remember the name of it. But I remember you had to go in, it was a space game, and you had to take your ship into these real tight space bases and blow them up. Mm-hmm. And we used to, one, we would have one guy shooting, the, it was four-way shooting. And we had hours of fun with one guy because it was t- we were kids too. It was hard to have one guy do it all, mm. and it was so much fun. And this game uh, is one of those games where you could sort of see where it would be fun to do that. It, it, again, it's not going to help you when it, when the, when it goes down. That's the problem <laughs> because you're, you're going to get crushed. Uh, I thought the controls felt good. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I thought was interesting is there's actually a sensitivity option on the controls where you can you can have your joystick be more or less twitchy, mm-hmm. which there's not a lot of that in, a, in I don't think, any Amiga games that we've seen so far. Yeah, uh, you could also use the mouse. Did you try that at I all? I didn't try. I, I knew it would end. It's funny that Amiga games that let you do that. I, I've never, I never really ever do that. Unless it's like Arkanoid or right. something. You know, I never, I never bother with that. That's, that's one of those wacky things. Um, the... Uh, by the way, just for record, that your helicopter is an Apache. Okay, I don't know jack squat about helicopters. What was the uh, what was the uh, 
the TV show. Airwolf. Airwolf. Was that an Apache too? It, I don't know. No, it was Airwolf. I don't know what it was. <laughs> By the way, just a quick shout out to Rob Flack O'Hara. I have the Airwolf Connor 64 theme as my ringtone. Mm. So just that's funny you should mention that. We were talking about, our, we, just as a side note, we were talking about helicopter games we enjoyed earlier. Do you remember? And we we named off a few. If you had to pick your all-time favorite helicopter game, what would it be? Probably Choplifter. Choplifter is awful fun. Yeah, yeah. It's different than the rest of the games. You know, it's not just a strictly a shoot 'em up affair. It was really but, innovative, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, that would be near the top of my list, and maybe the top. I like, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I would put uh, uh, the games. I would put. Uh, I'm drawing about Hero on the list. We talked about that as a sort of a sought offshoot of a helicopter game. Mm-hmm. Silkworm, Swiv. Super Cobra. Those are all good games. I never really got into the real technical, you know, Super Hueys or or gunships. Mm-hmm. Those and are a little bit too much for me. <laughs> even even still now, there's like helicopter flight simulators oh, that are really really intense. You know, there's people that get those big, huge, enormous like uh, control panels. Yeah. You know, they yeah. got all the, got all the and buttons dials. and everything. And... That make me nervous. I, I know. Like, you know, good God, <laughs> one button. Sometimes one button's enough. That's right. Uh, but uh, I will say the the transition menus in this and the music. It's almost like they were looking at like the the, the strike series and like yeah well, we can hork that. Mm-hmm. All it's missing is the cheesy, um, and maybe the CD thirty two has this, but the cheesy in between scenes, the cut scenes that Desert Strike had, for mm-hmm. example, where the two guys are on the boat. That was like, right. <laughs> one of these stupider things I've sat through. For there, a while. there are um, voiceovers in this game. Yeah, yeah, like sort of like Walker, mm-hmm. you know. Except they don't. You don't want to jump out and shoot the guy saying things because he <laughs> right. didn't just say the same thing over and over. This game actually, it reminds me of Walker in a way. Really? It, and not because it's got nothing to do with it gameplay-wise, but it's just one of those games that you said, like, we talked about this compared to Desert Strike, and I think Desert Strike's probably a deeper, better game. That said, if I'm going to play one of these two, I'll probably play this one. And the reason is, this is just straight up arcade Wackiness. Mm-hmm. I wish it was a way to control it better. And like I said, once I give the pad a try, maybe I'll like it more. But you just roll around blowing stuff up. You know, it's fun. It's simple, and that and the and the perspective is interesting. I mean, and I will say graphically, it's not as sharp or as detailed as Desert Strike, for example. But uh, the the way it the way it looks and it, and the control of the chopper, I think, is much better. And it's funny that you mention that because uh, <laughs> I've got a uh, comparison pulled up here of um, both the DOS version and the Amiga version, and um, you're going to see this is definitely comes from that 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 mid '90s period of time where the PC really started to pull away from the Amiga. Oh yeah. Um, there's there's a sharpness to the graphics and a level of detail that you just didn't get on the Amiga, and it might be because maybe this was originally a PC game that got ported, uh, or you know, you load out your 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 ship before you go out. There's a lot more to do uh, before the game starts. And once the, the gameplay does start going, you'll see how much more sharp and detailed. I mean, there's no comparison in those graphics. There. Uh, and I will say the uh, uh, this was a PC port from everything I read. And uh, that much said, though, this will run on the OCS right. and look pretty darn good doing it. Now, however, this is the AGA upgraded version that we're looking at. Well, one thing about these this particular game, it, when you put the disc in, it would detect if you had AGA. Mm-hmm. So it actually, the, from what I read, one set of discs contained both. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I I didn't bother to play the OCS version, so I don't know how much I hit it to. Yeah, but if this is the uh, if this is the the best that the Amiga version has, it really pales in comparison. But again, this is just during that VGA period of PC where there you know the Amiga did not make the necessary improvements to be well, able to compete. You can see the major difference looking at these screens is the resolution. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, that, and, that, and that's just the way it is. And the Amiga ran on a TV, and this thing ran on a monitor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just and it had a video card, and that's just the way it was. Um, it always it, it's funny when this was going on. I remember a game for the uh, PC called I think it was called um, Tyrion or something. It was a it was a it was a it was a, a Raptor. That's another one I remember. It was that. And when I saw this game on the PC, I thought, uh oh, here they come. You know, this is this is a quality shooter, for mm-hmm. example. And uh, you're right. There was a point, you know, where the PC caught up. You know, it shouldn't have, it should have never happened. But that's a whole other story. Uh, we, if Amiga would have had their, if Connor would have played it right, they should have just kept improving from where they mm-hmm. were. But now, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um. So, this game. Let me look at my eBay situation on this. I had a, a, a go at trying to find this thing. Hold on one second here, and I did find it in the UK. Uh, there. By the way, this has had an, a, a U.S. release. I saw that on the history, so there was a U.S. release of this. Um, in the U.K., you can get the disc for 13 bucks or best offer. Not too bad. And then the CD, the CD32 version, it's this is really all over the map. Uh, I've seen it, the you know, and of course, CD32 version in box uh, goes from somewhere between 22 bucks and and over 100 bucks, and and there people are and it's sold for that, you know. So I think you could probably get this a cheaper, you mm-hmm. know, if you if you if you waited if you're looking for it. Um, the uh, the bottom line, uh, a, a fun game. It's nothing. I mean, we talked about it earlier. There's nothing that it, I would consider stand out about it. How did this review? It reviewed okay. Uh, I guess let's see if these guys review uh, agree with us. So Amiga Action, eighty five percent, pretty good score. Uh, here's a. I don't think we've ever talked about this magazine. I saw it on here and I was like, "What is this?" You remember a magazine called Amiga Concept? No. That, yeah, I've never it must heard of be that a one. European deal. Eighty uh, percent from them. And then here's another one. <laughs> this game, Amiga Down Under. All right. Um, gave it eight out of ten. So it looks like eighty is about the general score. Here's Amiga Dream. You know what? Amiga what, Dream. What, the, what was going on this week? You know, under 74%, Amiga Format 85. Well, Amiga. I'd love to have one copy of each one of those magazines and just make a display out of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can you think of any other platform that had that many? I mean, maybe in Europe, all platforms had 27 magazines you know, devoted to them. That'd be a good question for the for uh, next time or if someone can chime in. Yeah. If you, if Does you, the Specky have 20 magazines? Yeah. Does the Amstrad have 20 magazines? The Dragon? Write us at amigos at amigospodcast.com and let us know if every platform in the you know in Europe had a bunch of different magazines devoted to it. Because in the States, maybe we're just not big readers like they are over there. I so. guess. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but uh, like I said... And okay, I mean, would I give this eight out of ten? Seven and a half, I think maybe is about right. A C, a little mm. bit. I'll C plus, maybe a B. It's okay. I, if I could get further into it, this is why we don't do reviews because I'm not good enough to get far enough into it to even see the other levels. You know, how many games have we said that about? I know, but I just had to throw it in there. I know it drives you nuts, boat. I know. But anyway, your thoughts. 
your closing thoughts on this particular The same thing. You know, I'd rather play this than Jungle Strike or Urban Strike or Desert Strike or any of the Strike games uh, just because it's a little bit easier to jump into. Uh, It's got fast action. But um, the next time I play, I think I'm going to try and find a level select code or some kind of a cheat that that makes things a little bit better on me. Mm, Agreed. Yeah. Um, Well, before we go, we have a special feature. Oh, boy. It's uh, so special I didn't know about. Yeah, this is this was actually submitted for episode 100, but uh, I kind of forgot to put it into the outline. Can't imagine how that happened. Yeah, so um, this was uh, submitted by Chris Folds, and these are just quick-fire questions. Do you uh, mean there's, Chris Folds? That's that right. Guy? That's right. So um, there's a set of questions. I just need to make, I'm reading this right now. This is five questions with two answers to choose from for John to be asked by Aaron. So okay. you you read me the question and then All tell right. me the tell me the choices and I'll tell you they're quick okay. fire just like uh, you could take one game to a desert island and the lead character must have amazing hair <laughs> do you pick Lionheart or Thundercats Thundercats are you kidding me no I'm kidding it's Lionheart I will I'd beat rather, you I'd with this hat <laughs> you you are offered a, a choice between two mint arcade machines do you mm. pick do you pick full set down Star Wars a color vector. Mm-hmm. A signed Mr. Do Run Run. Oof. That's no question. Signed Mr. Do Run Run. I knew you'd yeah. say that. You're a fool, though. <laughs> a fool. <laughs> Resale could, value, you know, I could I could sell the Star Wars cabin <laughs> by 20 yes. Do Run Runs. Which but. of the following do you think... I think Do Run Run was always a kit. Yeah. Uh, which of the following do you think would have made the Amiga better? More non-UK developers, so games weren't so stupid, hard, <laughs> giving a more enjoyable... So you see, see what I did there? Yeah. Weren't so stupid, hard, giving a more enjoyable experience to the casual gamer. That's option one. Mm-hmm. Option two, a multi-button pad shipped with the computer. Oh, definitely a, multi- a multi-button pad, because you can always find people that develop better games, but you can't get... you can't Hardware designers for your platform, you can't just stick on there. I think we answered this next question, but what the hell? Favorite Amiga platform or Adam's family or BC Kid? Adam's family. Yeah, I knew that one. Which retro computer would you like the most? Oh, no. <laughs> Fraser finished the question. The iMac G3 or the Sharp X68K? Oh, I'd rather, oh, I'd rather have the Sharp. Hell yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah, there's that's a much better game. Oh, man. Okay. What would we do with one of those? We had it. Just stare at it. Like, what stare is this at like? it in one. How does it work? Okay, here's five questions with two answers to choose from for Aaron to be asked by John. All right. Okay. Favorite Amiga soccer game, Sensible Soccer or Kickoff? Sensible Soccer, no question. Which is the best, Nintendo or Sega? Well, one's still making consoles, so I'm going to go with Nintendo on that Okay. One. Which of the following do you think you would have made the Amiga 1200 better? More memory and a cartridge slot for games? A multi-button pad, or a multi-button pad shipped with the controller. Oh, the pad. Although, a cartridge slot would have been a good idea. I would, that's one thing. The Atari had one. Mm-hmm. The C64 had one. Why did the Amiga never have a cartridge slot? Well, I think by the time the 16-bit generation rolled around, no computers had cartridge slots. Hey, the Nintendo 64 had one. We're talking about computers, not I console. know, but still. Name, can, a com- name a 16-bit computer that has a cartridge slot. Uh, Sharp 68000. That's an 8-bit computer. <laughs> I don't know if it has right. anyway. <laughs> don't put me on the way. This is he didn't say he didn't say question me further. <laughs> That's true. Which of these is the better fighting game on the Amiga? Rise of the Robots or Street Fighter 2? 
That's a tough one. You got to go with Street Fighter Two. All right. At least you can pick who you want to play. That's true. That's true. Which of the following British computers would you most like to own? Acorn Archimedes or Amstrad CPC? You know, I've got to say Acorn Archimedes. That's right. I know Amstrad fans are dying, but and and to be That's honest, that's the official grail of the Amigos. You know, my my knowledge of Amstrad is solely based on what I've heard of Retro Asylum. That's mm-hmm. I mean, literally, I don't have any other uh, working knowledge of. I mean, the Amstrad is the, of all the computers in the UK. That's the one that's we don't nothing, yeah. nothing like yeah. Even the ZX Spectrum, I believe, with a verse that was released here. Yeah, the Timex. Yeah. I don't think they released any of the. Uh, no, the, the Amstrad. Amstrad they, their 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 market was all in France. Maybe we could have had the France. Amstrad console get released over here. I think the uh, the Amstrad was in <laughs> Germany. I think that was the Schneider. Oh my. Uh, CPC. So yeah. So thank you, Chris, for that uh, that quiz. That I was think a lot I won of fun. that one. I think you did too. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just wanted to also call out uh, Zeus Daz and. Uh, La Mazmora Abandoned for their uh, in-game footage that we used in our comparison. What does that mean, Bo? I don't speak that language. <laughs> I believe that that's Italian, but I'm not sure. Maybe somebody in the chat can, can answer. Um, but we also need to thank uh, everybody on YouTube Gaming for watching. We just thank everybody. We're thanking everybody. Uh, we want to thank Duncan, Naxiar, uh, Jason, Brett, Sadler, Pishbot, Will Williams, Anthony Jarvis, everybody that's tuned in. You can watch us live every time we record on uh, YouTube Gaming. Um, and, of course, we can't forget our Patreon sponsors. Mm. And, you know, it's been a while since I've sung their names. You're not going to try to sing to the role this time around? Um, well, well, we'll start the role. Because that was pretty amusing. And, uh, Look, it's behind you. It is behind me. <laughs> Would you rather? It's have emerging it from both. Like it's it's literally coming from your mind. Look at that. Ah. Um. So I'm going to sing this in the style of Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire." I hate that song. Good. Duncan Styles, Tichi, Anthony Jarvis, Jimmy Cachet, Adam Battersby, John Marshall, Darren Coles, Neil Mensah, Bruder Barracuda, Alan Kabob, David McCrandles, Gary Hucker, Will Williams, Ravi Abbott, Kim, Tommy, Homestead, Josh, Nan, Jason, Woods Lane, Eric Nelson, Graham, Vicky, Paul Harrington, Rob O'Hare, Lawrence, Rogers, Rollo, Kilbjorn, Barman, Tapes from the Crypt, Adam Bradley, Chris Bowles, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Redemptive, Chat Holstead and Brent Dowdy. It didn't match up with the, That's the phrase there. Horrible. Just horrible. I mean, why Billy Joel has some good songs. Why do you hate that, that one? song? Why do you hate We Didn't It's a stupid song. That's when Billy Joel was over, over, overexposed, no good. Mm. He can't even sing his own song. No good. Okay. He could have at least picked, like, Captain Jack or something. I love that song. He'll get to high proper, tonight. That's right. That's what I hear, anyway. <laughs> um, so, uh, next week, Aaron... We're going to do the Star Wars Amiga Spectacular. Is that what we're calling it? The Three. Amiga Spectacular. It's that much Star Wars in one show. That much Star Wars in one show. We're going to do Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and all of the prequel Amiga games. Every single one of them. That's right. And let me tell you something. We've got all the games we need on the Amiga. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.